0: You're me. Great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dice, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of Eloquent Online.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And today on the show, we're making history. We've got our first ever graduate of one of the military service academies, the United States Air Force Academy. When Jared Jones is going to join us, Air Force Academy graduate and Air Force veteran, had a great conversation with him, want to send a shout out to my friend, Brian Heinrich. So we're going to have him on the show very soon, too, but we all continue to deal with this on-again, off-again Chinese Flu situation, and so I want to send a shout out to Brian. Uh, very be- very best to you and yours. Hang tough, stay strong. Um, doing a podcast on the channel called Light Fighters, the last foot soldiers of the Cold War about my time in the big green machine, my first tour in the U.S. Army, and I found out that Brian Heinrichs, uh, who is the president of Fourth Capital Bank, that beautiful, gorgeous. Elegant banking brand up in Nashville, Tennessee. His dad, his dad, John Heinrich Sr., actually went to Fort Ord for basic training in the year of my birth, in the year of our Lord, 1967. It is so good to be perusing the social media feed and seeing people at these in person conferences. A big shout out to the folks attending in person out in, I believe it's San Diego, with a correlation. Always a, big, always a big conference. I saw something other day from Jim Stickley. I met him. I met him. Um, very nice guy. Uh, uses a lot of profanities. I don't, as you know, I don't use any profanities on this show. <laughs> just an observation. Just an observation about Jim. I'm sure he doesn't do that when he's speaking in his keynotes. But we had him and his son uh, performed live on the show a couple years ago. And so it's just great to see people out there in person doing something that cannot be replicated any other way. We are social creatures and social distancing is a contradiction. Well, we're going up to Dallas, Texas to visit with Jared Jones. He is with DBSI. I love this. A design firm that is out of this world. I love a touch of hyperbole in branding and Advertising, And since much of the Space Force is being called from the United States Air Force, if they are designing spaces out of this world, Jared will fit right in. So we're going to talk to him, and we're going to do it all right after this.
1: Oh, rise,
0: For over 11 years, conference quality information without the expense report. This is the Power Performance Podcast. history Day on the show as the first ever graduate from one of our great military service academies. His name is Jerry Jones. Hey, Jared. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, so great. <laughs> you heard me say it in the setup. You're the first graduate of any service academy you've ever had on this show. We've done the show for 11 years. We do a Veterans Day show Every year, I wanted to ask you first of all, because this is how we got connected, tell us how the United States Air Force Academy and how your experience in the United States Air Force has helped you on your current banking career path.
1: Uh, you know, honestly, I, I have a lot to, uh, I owe a lot to the Air Force Academy and, and to the Air Force as a, as a whole. Um, I, I do feel like it played a, a pivotal role in establishing, um, you know, how I like to conduct my business now on the on the outside. Um, you know, I know we've had the chance to talk before, and really, where I got this this passion for wanting to help community banks and credit unions was whenever I was an officer, I would often, you know, just kind of, you know, those Friday afternoons whenever the airmen have really busted their butt, so, you know, I wanted to get them home to their families, especially, you know, whenever they're not in that deployed environment. I really want to make sure that their their family's needs are being being met and exceeded, hopefully. But, uh, you know, a couple of guys, they would just want to maybe hang around, and we would really start talking about their goals and aspirations. And, and by no means am I trying to say that I'm some financial expert or wizard by any stretch of the imagination, but um, – you know, luckily, because of the opportunities that present itself from an education standpoint, I, I I feel like I do know what I'm talking about. So we get into these conversations about, you know, long-term goals and, you know, building wealth and, you know, kind of what to do with your money and so on and so forth. And actually, uh, I've established a, a pretty decent relationship uh, with, with probably about a, 10 to 12 um, guys that I still keep in contact with. And actually, I had a staff sergeant uh, or an ex-staff sergeant hit me up probably about two or three days ago, actually, uh, his name is Travis Adams, and, and he just wanted to b- bounce a couple different ideas off of me. But uh, what we did is we really just had a, had a conversation about their goals, and what I was realizing was it, it wasn't there. You know, they knew what they wanted to do. They just didn't know how to get there. They didn't understand the roadmap. Right. So anyways, yeah. whenever I separated, I really wanted to partner with a company and, and look for a company, rather, that, uh, you know, kind of helped pave the way uh, to make that happen. And then all of a sudden I started hearing, you know, reading different publications about, um, you know, the different initiatives that community bankers are having. And I was like, you know, that, that sounds pretty cool to be a part of. Uh, you know, I know people like in like age groups that I am, um, they don't go into the bank often. And really what it is is they really don't understand all the different products and services or the ways that the bank or credit union can help them. Um, so that's where I kind of wanted to accept this challenge by going on with DBSI, and, and who exclusively works yeah. with bank credit unions, to, um, yeah. to really try and steer, steer this initiative and make it a little bit more real and really start addressing the issue of financial literacy and debt uh, and all the different things that you can do with money to really open up opportunities uh, for, for all individuals.
0: What year did you
1: graduate from the Air Force Academy? Uh, 2015.
0: I want to ask you this because I've never asked anybody and I don't even know. When you were at a I'm – an, I'm an Army guy. At West Point, they call them cadets. At the Air Force Academy, they call them something else. When you are at the Air Force Academy, do you get paid while you're a student? I don't know. We,
1: we do, yeah. Um, so I, I, I forget what the formal payment is, but it is like cadet pay. So you're not, you're not right. technically enlisted. You're not obviously an officer yet, but uh, you do get some sort of cadet pay.
0: Yeah. Next, I asked Jared, tell us a bit about DBSI.
1: I shared a little bit about what I was looking for whenever I you know, decided to work for DBSI. And it's it exceeded what I was looking for in a, in a professional career here. So uh, we exclusively work with banks and credit unions, um, you know, their executive team, and really trying to formulate uh, their vision and really trying to create that roadmap in order to deliver on their strategic intent. Um, yeah, you said it. You know, in a nutshell, yes, those are at its roots, at our roots rather. We are a design-build firm, but also we have a, a robust digital signage agency. Um, we, of course, you know, can source all the different banking equipment needs, you know, ITMs, PCRs, et cetera. Um, and then also we have a sister company uh, called CFM, Cash Flow Management, is what that stands for. And that's where we actually uh, truly start to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace to where we can really speak to the core integration technology pieces out there and really try to help uh, truly enable that universal associate model.
0: And we have the DBSI website embedded right there in the episode description. I encourage you to go check them out. Next, we move to a topic that we spoke with John Wilkening last week about as well, and that is what I see and hear and experience as the lost art of conversation, especially amongst the younger generation.
1: Jason, I, I, hate, I, I reluctantly agree with you. Um, but <laughs> it's one of those things where it, it, is, it is becoming a lost art form, and, and really, we, we have no one else to blame but ourselves. You know, I'm not going to point the finger at, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or, or, you know, whomever as far as these social media giants. It, it, we have to start taking a little bit of ownership here. Um, you know, at a, at a dinner table, whenever I'm walking through a restaurant, it truly annoys me. Whenever I'm seeing, you know, four, six people uh, at a table and more, the majority of them or all of them, yes, yeah, your point, all of them on their phones, that, that's, that's sickness. You know, people don't realize just because you double tap with your thumb – on, a, on an Instagram post or a LinkedIn message, that's not truly connecting. That's not building any sort of relationship, any sort of foundation with the individual. Um, so, honestly, I, I think we really have to start looking in the mirror and say, hey, you know, can I truly converse? Because, it, unfortunately, whenever these, you know, younger generation people, you know, grow up to be, you know, in different leadership positions or uh, start running companies – and all of a sudden a conflict arises or, you know, they need to negotiate a deal that's obviously going to be able to take care of their people for, for whatever reason. Obviously, there's a multitude of reasons why you'd want to obviously be a good conversationalist. Right. Um, we, we, we seriously need to look ourselves in the mirror and say, is, is it appropriate to not want to talk to someone? So um, it definitely needs to be addressed. I don't know if there's a right answer other than just, you know, unfortunately, people don't like to, in the masses at least, they don't really like to take the ownership. It's never their fault. Um, but I, I think it's 100% percent you got to look yourself in the mirror and you have to make a conscious decision because is it fun to you know, scroll to different social media feeds or news feeds or whatever you're really looking at, but whenever you're sitting across from the person, you can't lose that connection. Um, the humans need that interaction. They really yearn for it, so it is becoming a lost art form. It makes me mad. I, I know my buddies because yeah, I'm always – I was like, hey, man, like, if you got something more important to do, like, I, I guess I can just – I'll text you later. I mean, if we're just going to sit here and text each other at the table, just let me know, man. I can, I can drink beer a lot cheaper at my house than at this restaurant.
0: I was curious if uh, cadets at the Air Force Academy were allowed to have phones, cell phones when they're there. Jared told me, you know, in the basic training portion of that, obviously you don't have a phone with you. And then when you're a, a freshman, you know, you can lose your phone if you forget to do certain things or, you know, you don't – Make your bed in the right way. Uh, I was thinking about, as I was talking to Jared about the lost art of conversation, that we were having a very good one, and I thought that was probably part of that Air Force Academy experience, which requires an awful lot of academics and conversation and leadership training.
1: Honestly, I owe a lot of who I am, what I stand for, how I conduct myself personally, professionally, et cetera, um, to the Air Force Academy. I mean, I truly went in there as an 18-year-old. You know, kind of punk, <laughs> if you have to get that out, Jason. But uh, Already uh, deleted. <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite memories, and this is a, kind of a weird favorite memory, but your first day of orientation, of course, you know, you got, you got the whole cadet wing basically just yelling at you, just trying to disorient you. I mean, you're truly outside of your comfort zone the second you say bye to mommy and daddy, right? And uh, one of my favorite memories is a funnel unit this auditorium. And I believe, I can't remember if it was the general or the colonel or, or someone, obviously someone of authority is, is briefing the, the wing there or the, the new incoming freshman class. And they said, look to your left, look to your right. One of you might graduate. And I was like, dang, I'm looking to my left and right. And I was like, these guys are pretty smart. <laughs> I wonder if they're thinking they're safe sitting next to me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really fun because by no means, is it going to be the yeah. smartest guy that graduates the academy or right. the or the most athletic or the best military bearing, et cetera? But what I really appreciated is it truly tried to make you a well-rounded individual by putting you in front of uncomfortable positions, making you take difficult classes outside of major, major, uh, you know, of course, you know, early wake-ups, late nights, you know, getting, you know, beat uh, physically, like as far as, like, push-ups, running, et cetera. Um, so, honestly, I, I – it wild, it? Well,
0: well, I'm no stranger to the physical and mental demands of the American military. And so one of the things that I will tell everybody is the military really does prepare you for adaptability, things like a global pandemic. Well, I asked Jared in closing, you know, you're out there meeting with people in person. What is the sense that you're getting? From banking professionals, are they optimistic? Are they frustrated with this on again, off again COVID nineteen thing? You're out there talking to people in person, having conversations. What is your sense of things?
1: Truthfully, I feel like this is a very polarizing subject. I mean, I have very few clients that are really in the middle. You know, I, I have I have them on one end of the spectrum of hey, hey, we obviously need to, to change because no, undoubtedly COVID has shifted the marketplace, you know, as far as how people bank, you know, with the, with the increase in mobile rate adoption and online banking, et cetera. So the, the need for branches has, has drastically shifted. And with that, I have a lot of very progressive CEOs that are wanting to adapt to the market and really ultimately take care of their community that much better. And then I also have executives that are, you know, just wanting to press pause until everything kind of works itself out. Um, so, so truthfully, I, I know this is kind of a lame way to answer your question, but it depends. (laughs) But but ultimately, um, I'm a big guy on respect. I like to earn someone's respect, and I like them to respect myself, you know, a two-way street, right? So I have clients that, you know, whenever we're meeting in person, if they're comfortable with that, of course, if they want me to wear a mask, if they want me to do the elbow tap, whatever, if they want me to stay sick, I'm just a big respect guy, and I just want to make someone feel comfortable.
0: And, of course, we asked Jared, what was your first car and found out it wasn't a car at all. My
1: first car was a 2001 Chevy Silverado. I remember like it Chevy was A Silverado, Silverado. Uh, okay.
0: And, of course, Jared being from Texas, he told me, hey, I'm a truck guy at heart. For those of you people that like these little electric boxes that I see people driving around, I try pulling a cattle trailer with an electric car. Try pulling a boat with an electric car. Now, this is, this is truck country here in the great state of Texas, Republic thereof. And then finally, the show is called The Power of Performance. What was your first rock concert, live concert event?
1: Uh, it was actually a Keith Urban concert. Um, one of my, Urban, buddies, eye, yeah. I, I actually yeah, I didn't go to my first concert until college, actually. And uh, one of my buddies, I'm not going to, you know, name names to put him on blast, but he got a little heartbroken because he intended on, <laughs> I, I guess he got these backstage passes to Keith Urban or anyways, his, his little girlfriend left him, whatever. So I was the, the fill-in. So we piled up in my car and the, the deal was I got to go to the concert. if I just drove, but the catch was it was in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I think it was about a, Three, four-hour drive, but it ended up being cool. I got to meet Keith Urban. I wouldn't trade that for the world. That was just an awesome weekend.
0: In this house, we actually refer to Keith Urban as Mr. Kidman, Mr. Nicole Kidman. But I think that's great that he got to meet him. And even as a rock guy and talking to other rock enthusiasts, Keith Urban is almost always mentioned as one of the great guitarists in any genre. And finally, I thank Jared for joining us and making history as the first-ever graduate of one of our military academies and thanked him for being on the Power Performance Podcast. I really appreciate you having me on, today. Son. Thank you. Great job. Ah, yes. If you never served, you'll never know, and if you did, you'll never forget, really have enjoyed getting to know Jared. I I grew up in the shadow of Randolph Air Force Base. I come from an Air Force family. My dad worked at Randolph Air Force Base for 32 years. My brother did a whole career in the Air Force. Nieces, nephews, brother-in-laws, all Air Force. I'm from an Air Force family where I am the green sheep, of the family because I joined the army to be a death dealing trigger pulling light fighting night stalking hardcore airborne infantry soldier. You can't be like me airborne infantry. Well. We love to give each other hard times in the services, but when we are on the battlefield, we do work in unison. And I had the pleasure of seeing the Air Force A-10 engaging targets during Operation Desert Storm. It is a sound and a sight that I will never forget. Hey, don't forget to join us on Monday. It's our monthly episode, one of our most popular shows. It's Sunday. On Monday, our monthly visit with Sunday Seafried, who has led the way as a true banking pioneer in banking the cannabis industry in Colorado and elsewhere. We're going to talk to the board president of Partner Colorado Credit Union and the new CEO of Partner Colorado Credit Union and find out what it's like to be involved in the cannabis banking business at the very top of the leadership level at the credit union great interview, talk about, conversations. Wow. We don't lose that skill on this show, and you shouldn't either. I'm actually thinking about starting a whole training program on how to have great conversations with people. It is becoming such a lost art. But that diplomatic ability to talk about things that you heard from Jared, folks, they do not hand out appointments to the service academies in the United States military community. Uh, He's from a very select group of young men and women, graduates of our military service academies. Hey, my name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all on Monday, and then we'll join you again for the Power Performance next week with another great show, with another great interview, folks. This is why webinars and white papers send me hate mail. Talk to you soon. The fury's breathing down your neck Keep my team reporters Stabble, Trump, Chester, Cross Look at that, no plane, Fine, death, uh-oh Overflow, population coming